One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to this bonus TLS long read produced by NOAA, News Over Audio. If you'd like to listen to more audio articles from the TLS, you can do so on the TLS website or the News Over Audio app. Narrated by NOAA. Listen to more of the world's best journalism on the NOAA app or at newsoveraudio.com. You're listening to the TLS, where on the 23rd of December 2022... Peter Godfrey Smith, Professor in the School of History and Philosophy of Science at the University of Sydney, writes, Into the woods, living like a deer and learning from the birds. The project of rethinking human relationships with non-human animals is informed by reports and reflections of many kinds in science, philosophy, literature and natural history, and the occasional arrival of a book that describes the unusual relationship one person has had with some particular wild animals. In Dear Man, Geoffrey Delorme tells the story of his disengagement from the human world and the seven years he spent, from 2004 to 2011, living mostly in a forest, forming close relationships with deer. During this time, he mostly ate wild foods, didn't sleep in any kind of shelter, and was gradually tamed by the deer he followed around. His account has an appealing directness and simplicity for which Delorme and his English translator, Sean Whiteside, can both take credit. Deer Man conveys an intense sympathy for the animals and has passages of real beauty. It also has the special evocativeness of tales of time in the wild that take place close to ordinary human life books that go back and forth across borders between our world and another. Bourg-Louvière, the forest of Delorme's story, is only 110 kilometres from Paris. At one point, Delorme emerges from the woods to touch the wing mirror of a hunter's vehicle, trying to convey to the deer who has come down with him that this object means danger. Two walkers who find Delorme lying in the grass do not realise that it is a deer and not a dog lying half asleep across him. The author also interacts with the human world in more prosaic ways, sneaking at night into his family's house to get food. Relations with his family seem problematic. 
But the main focus of the book is the animals. The deer themselves are roe deer, a smallish species still common throughout Europe. Delorme finds himself drawn to one individual, gradually forms relationships with several others, and begins to shape his life around theirs. He gives them names, Daguet, Star, Chevy, Cispoint, becoming acquainted with several dozen in all. In Delorme's tale, he witnesses a birth, a violent death, and is integrated into the animal's regular pattern of behaviour. As one makes one's way deeper into the book, one does come to wonder how much of the story is strictly accurate. The publisher's website says simply that it is a true account. It is certainly difficult, though not impossible, to take the account as true in every detail. Delorme lives with no tent and not so much as a ground sheet. His diet, described in detail, initially includes a fair amount of food from outside, but shifts over time towards wild food, leaves, nuts and roots, including brambles, dandelions and sorrel. It becomes a near-vegan paleo diet, in other words, supplemented by windfalls, that include, through the useful example set by a vixen, a milkable cow. This diet takes a toll on his energy. He trains his body not to need vitamin C in the winter. The frequency of his periodic returns to civilization is uncertain, two to three times a month to begin with, but less often after that, including a year-long stretch in the woods. I suspect that the amount of scaffolding from civilized life and interaction with people outside the forest may be understated. There are also some very surprising aspects to his relationships with the deer. In a particular crisis that occurs, Delorme is able to communicate meaningfully with them using an approximation of the deer's vocalisation, which is a kind of bark. Deer, in a small group, he says, take turns at being leader for the day. The leader decides where to go. In the crisis event, Delorme becomes the leader of the deer and is able to guide them to safety as they trust him in this role. There are two ways of presenting very unusual claims of this kind. The author can say, These events are surprising, yes, but here is why you should believe my account, and give further evidence in support. Then a reader might still doubt, but the doubts are centred on the interpretations of the data itself. Alternatively, an author can simply assert, I was there, I'm telling you what happened. Then, when the claims are extraordinary, a reader's response may be to think, maybe, and just enjoy the tale, enjoy the voice and the drama. Delorme's book is not organised as a journal and was evidently written some years after most of the events. There is no mention of recording anything at the time, except in the form of some fine photographs that appear in the book. Some aspects of Delorme's story are not much affected by these questions. Informal observations of wild animals going about their lives have much value. One gets a sense of the rhythms of animal life, including the insignificant events, the meandering and messing about, that happen alongside or around the higher-stakes behaviours that tend to be targeted by scientific research. Lengthy observation of this kind also reveals personality differences and quirks. Delorme was seeing things that would otherwise be very hard to see. Some of what makes the story hard to swallow whole is also illuminating about the themes of the book itself. 
As the author achieves his sought-after relationship with the forest, his diet and sleep suffer, the reader gets a sense of how different humans have become from other mammals, especially in winter and after his move towards foraging, the hardship is considerable. But one is with Delorme completely in his thinking that he could not possibly hunt and eat the deer, even ailing ones, or other animals he has made contact with. It does seem unthinkable. If one attempts to be wild in this forest setting, if one attempts to go back to an earlier mode of human existence, then part of that is, almost inevitably, looking for ways to kill. One would also, surely, look for better shelter, and Delorme's decision not to do so isn't explained. He wants to get as close as possible to the deer and stay mobile, but a lightweight tarpaulin wouldn't be incompatible with that aim. Delorme's approach might seem excessive on that point, but in general it seems that if one wants to be close to wild animals in this particular way, one must turn one's back on viable forms of human wildness. Where Dear Man is about an encounter, The Parrot in the Mirror, by Antone Martino Truswell, is a tale of parallel paths. The author wants to change our sense of how we fit into the evolved patterns of animal life. Humans are closely related to other mammals, including Delorme's deer. But we are also oddities within that group, Martino Truswell says. His point is not so much that our lives are completely unique, although they are in familiar internet-using ways, but that we bear deep and rather unobvious similarities to another group of animals – birds, and especially parrots. We share traits with birds because we have trodden, in different times and contexts, a somewhat similar evolutionary path. That path does not go through, or not only through, the most obvious features that one might think of in trying to understand the peculiarities of human behaviour and our large brains, environmental challenges and so on. It also has much to do with what biologists call life history traits, lifespan, mating patterns, how we care for offspring. To find animals like us, Martino Truswell argues, we should not look sideways at our mammalian brethren, but look up. Birds branched off from other dinosaurs more than 150 million years ago, Some of them survived the asteroid impact that killed those relatives, along with much else, and in the post-asteroid world became very diverse. Many of those species then adopted an uncommon lifestyle and evolutionary journey. That journey, as Martino Truswell tells it, begins with longevity, enabled by flight. Birds, especially parrots, live much longer than most other animals, especially considering their size. From this stems a number of other features, including a general braininess and the possibility of a lengthy infancy that requires attention, even a degree of commitment, from both parents. Biologists distinguish between precocial and altricial animal offspring. Precocial offspring are capable of behaving competently, moving around and feeding themselves, soon after hatching or birth. Altricial offspring are helpless at first and need continual care. Martino Truswell uses the related term nidifugus, nest-fleeing, rather than precocial, but I don't think it makes a difference. 
Deer are precocial, most birds are altricial. When the young are altricial, there is often, though not always, sufficient evolutionary incentive for care and commitment from both parents, and in some cases the possibility of a bond between the two and monogamy or something like it. Martino Truswell's package of bird-like characteristics also includes the ability to learn from others, social learning, and extensive communication, especially in vocal form. These characteristics all affect each other, resulting in feedback, and this looping, reinforcing effect produces an unusual evolutionary pathway. Birds went down this path first, and for a long time they would have been the smartest animals on Earth. Millions of years later, some other animals, our primate ancestors, found themselves on a similar road. Early humans evolved in a way that featured interlocking and self-reinforcing roles for longevity, large brains, lengthy child development, an approximation to monogamy, complex communication and so on, a package of traits similar to the one found in birds. An element on Martino Truswell's list that might raise an eyebrow is monogamy. Many birds, when researchers have looked closely, are seen to engage in staggering numbers of dalliances and liaisons known as extra-pair copulations. Fairy wrens are paradigmatic, diminutive and neat in appearance, scandalous in their behaviour. These phenomena were only discovered fairly recently through genetic analyses of paternity. The birds had us fooled for a while. Martino Truswell accepts all this, but notes that these patterns can only exist against a background of moderately reliable monogamy. If males had no confidence at all in paternity, there would be no reason for them to stay around. That makes sense, though my understanding is that rates of extra-pair copulation are so high in some birds that it is still unclear what keeps the system in place. In passerine birds, a group that contains more than half of all bird species, including wrens, crows and sparrows, there seems to be a tendency towards promiscuity in females, even when the species is apparently monogamous. But parrots, next door to passerines in evolutionary terms, are different. Many parrot species, not all, seem to be more genuinely monogamous than most other birds and experience intense pair bonding. In looking at the features that Martino Truswell sees in birds and in ourselves, it is important to distinguish the traits themselves from the causal arrows that might exist between them, questions of which trait came first or which led to which. It's possible to doubt some of Martino Truswell's claims about these arrows while still being impressed, as I am, with the way he has identified a set of parrot-human similarities. For Martino Truswell, both birds and humans were set on their similar roads by longevity, which had different causes in each case. In birds, it is flight, so useful for escaping predators. Longevity then opens up the possibility of a longer childhood with care from both parents, and the rest, sociality, communication, high intelligence, follows. In humans, by contrast, some cleverness is there at the outset. This gives us longevity, and the other traits emerge downstream. 
Again, the story is one of mutually reinforcing situations and cycles, and the last chapter acknowledges that for humans there is much uncertainty about some causal arrows, how we became so communicative, and so on. But to some extent, Martino Truswell does want to anchor his story in life history characteristics. An interesting book to consider alongside The Parrot in the Mirror is Joseph Henrik's The Secret of Our Success, 2015, a book about the power of human culture and its role in our origins, a book in which birds figure mostly as small game. In Henrik's view, it is neither lifespan nor smartness that get the human story going, but a push into heightened sociality at a crucial stage. Human ancestors moved down from trees into more terrestrial settings, such as savannas, from about five million years ago. There, because of increased threats from predators and advantages from cooperative hunting, they began to live in larger groups. Increased pair bonding was a response to living in these groups, partly because the costs of conflict between males became too great otherwise, and richer communication too. Extended childhoods were made possible not just by help from fathers, but from other relatives and group members. Another group of animals worth thinking about in this context, one that does not surface in Martino Truswell's book, is dolphins. Dolphins are hippopotamus relatives, hence mammals. They have large brains, complex behaviours, and a cognitive style similar to our own and that of some birds. They are highly communicative, exhibit play and tool use, and recognise themselves in mirrors. But they are not on the path that Martino Truswell describes. Though they are fairly long-lived, probably reaching 20 years in the wild, they are not at all monogamous. Their young are not altricial, though mothers nurse them for up to several years, and there is no paternal care. Dolphins are very social and communicative, however, Perhaps they support a picture in which there are several roads to a kind of social complexity that does have a strong relationship with braininess. Martino Truswell again avoids two definite conclusions about what led to what, but perhaps his desire to install life history traits in such a prominent position has him setting them a little further upstream than he might. During the day when I finished this review... Two rose-breasted cockatoos, also known as galahs, spent much of the afternoon fussing over a tree hollow outside my window. I hope they might be considering it for a nest. Cockatoos are part of a small group that Anton Martino Truswell informally elevates as urparrots, birds representing the apotheosis of parrotiness in their braininess, lifespan, sociality and attachment to their mates. These two wander around a bit, but are never far apart, and while one messes about inside the tree, the other stands guard. Rose-breasted cockatoos are conjectured to have a particular enjoyment of life. When it rains, they hang upside down from telegraph wires with their wings out. Not a bad animal to find in the mirror. You were listening to the TLS, where on the 23rd of December 2022, Peter Godfrey Smith, professor in the School of History and Philosophy of Science at the University of Sydney, writes, Into the woods, living like a deer and learning from the birds. Read by Peter Hanley. 
for Noah. <laughs>